This is the Ballroom State of Mind podcast, episode 69, Breaking Up a Partnership. Welcome to the Ballroom State of Mind podcast. I'm Amber Hader and I'm your host. I am an amateur ballroom dancer and I'm also a personal mindset coach. When I started dancing just a few years ago, I started to recognize pretty quickly the ways in which my head was getting in my way. And I could see it in the other dancers around me as well. So I determined pretty quickly that I gotta find a way to get these mindset tools that I use in my professional life into the hands of dancers so that they can improve faster, they can have more fun, less anxiety, and win more. We all wanna win a little bit more, not only in our dancing, but in life. The tools I share in this podcast are gonna help you do both. Thanks for being here. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. This is going to be a fun one. This is a kind of a hard topic, but I'm excited to dive into it a little bit. It's a question that came up lately, and I reached out to some instructors and teachers and studio owners that I know to get some input, and that was very illuminating and really fun. I'm also really proud of myself because I'm recording this podcast ahead of time, and I'm going to set it to release on like a certain day because I'm going out of town, and I feel just like so grown up that I'm like getting this done and planning it ahead of time and releasing it like in the future, so... I'm excited about that. But the reason I'm doing that is because I'm going to Hawaii, to the Hawaii Star Ball this week. I've never been to Hawaii and I'm taking my daughter who's turning 20. She's having her 20th birthday while we're there. She said she wanted to make a big deal out of her birthday. And so I said, why don't you come with me and go to Hawaii for the first time? So that's what we're doing. I'm excited. I'm, I'm planning with that one to just let loose and have fun and just have a fun comp and enjoy the sun. So that's my goals there. But that's why I'm going to record this ahead of time to release but let's get into the podcast. Okay. So I talked to, as I said, I talked to some studio owners, um, teachers, coaches, and just kind of got their input. And it was really interesting and fascinating what they came back to me with, because they all heard the question a little bit differently, but everything that they offered, I thought was so useful. And I've also talked to students, you guys, as I've talked to you on coaching calls and we discussed the way things go in studios and the way things go with partnerships and why these conversations are hard. So here's what I want to do today. I want to, first of all, talk about the reasons that people might leave and might choose to leave or break up a partnership. And this can go either way. Okay. Sometimes, and a lot of times it is the student who wants to move on from a teacher, but also this can apply to teachers who let go of students and choose not to work with students anymore. But that's not really what I'm going to be talking about mostly, though it does apply. I'm, I'm mostly talking from the perspective as like the pro-am, as the student who's going to be making a change. Um, but as I talked to people, um, it was interesting because some teachers, studio owners were very, I don't know, more casual about it or really just saw it as a business relationship, saw it as transactional and really understood that the dancer as a consumer has a choice. And so if they want to leave, they understand that 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 can happen. And in those cases, often those teachers would also welcome those students back if they decided to come back, because sometimes it seems like the grass is greener. And so they'll want to go to somebody else, but then it isn't. 
sometimes. And so they want to come back. And so some people were like, yep, that's fine. That's part of it. That's the industry. We provide a service. They pay for it. They get their money's worth. They might make a change. It's fine. Other people expressed how hard this is and how it can really hurt. And some teachers were straight up just like offended <laughs> and, and were like, they can't come back. If they don't want to dance with us, they don't want to dance with our studio and we're parting ways. That's that. So I think a lot of times when, when um, students come to me and my clients come to me and they're asking questions about this, it's, it's, it's really as a case by case basis, which is why it's really helpful to have a coach like me to help you with it, because you probably have a good idea of who you're dealing with and how they might respond to it. And so some of you are going to be more uncomfortable having that conversation. And some of you aren't that worried about it. Um, and that's why this can be all over the board. And so I'm going to generalize a little bit. And so there might be some things that don't make sense to your situation or things that really do make sense. So take what feels good to you, take what makes sense to you. And if there's anything that's like, I disagree, then just leave it. It's totally fine. Okay. So first let's talk about reasons that people might desire to make a change. And then um, we'll talk about why it's so challenging. And then I'll tell you how to have that conversation, kind of ways to make it a little bit more comfortable. I'm going to give you a bunch of reasons that people might change. Some of them are more common. Some of them are not. Some of them you might think like, what? I, that would never be the case for me. So just take it with a grain of salt. Okay. Um, one that I have heard from clients is money. And this can be because competitions are expensive. This is an expensive hobby. If you don't know, <laughs> like it just has a lot of cost associated with it. Okay. And you can find more affordable options. That's the reality. And I can tell you that because I've talked to lots and lots of studios and, or excuse me, lots and lots of students who are at lots of different situations. There's independent situations, there's franchise situations, and they all handle this a little bit differently. So I can tell you competitions can cost people anywhere from like on the low end, like $2,500. Okay. And on the high end, 10, even 15,000, I've heard people say. Um, so that's just competitions. We can talk about lessons and how people charge for their lessons. This is a conversation that's aside from like, if this is like a really skilled teacher, if this is a really important relationship to you, um, this is if we're just talking about money. And, and for some people, this is a conversation just about money, okay? Competitions can be done more affordably. Of course, that depends on how many competitions you do. That depends on how many entries you do. That depends on if you're on a package or not. Or if your studio makes it a whole big thing and you're there the whole week and everybody's participating. So this can be all over the board, but money can definitely be a factor that somebody wants to make a change. Okay. And along with that money conversation is how that studio handles that. So what I mean is I definitely, one of my first ballroom clients, it was about the pressure tactics and the sales tactics of that studio. And how they constantly felt pressured. They constantly felt stressed. So whether or not they could afford it, it was like, I didn't necessarily want to spend the money, but I was constantly being sold something and they didn't like that. So that's one of those conversations to have or a reason rather that people might leave. Okay. Um, kind of along those lines too, is even if it's not about the money is uh, a manipulative or unhealthy relationship. Definitely have seen this too. And these are some of the hardest ones to leave because it can feel like sort of an abusive relationship that you're trying to leave. Now, I acknowledge this is an extreme. It's not something that I hear commonly. It's not frequent, but it does happen. 
So you might be in that boat. And so I want you to know if you're in that boat, you're not alone. Okay. Um, sometimes clients feel really enmeshed with their teacher. Um, like it feels too close. And even if it doesn't feel romantic, it can just feel like I think about them too much, or I talk, talk with them too much, or it feels kind of codependent. Um, I feel, I've had clients say, I feel responsible for their finances. Like I feel responsible to keep them afloat. And so if I don't do lessons or if I don't do competitions, I feel guilt. So this is a little bit of a flag. Like we, we might not have a healthy situation going on here and it might be time to break up with this teacher or at least set some really strong boundaries. Okay. Along with that is like, just not being a good fit. It's like, like a partner or a teacher might be really rigid and you might be more casual. Um, you might feel like they are underestimating you, like they're moving too slow and you could move faster. So a big, big reason is that you're just not making progress. Okay. It could be that we've just tapped out. You might be with a partner where they've maxed out what they can teach you and it's time to move on. It might be that, um, they're just not hearing you. And so you're not making the progress that you want to make. Um, it could be that you just learned as much as you can from this person. It might be, you want to do more comps and they don't want to do as many comps. It could be that, uh, or vice versa where they want to do a lot of competitions and you don't. Some people I've heard describe, like they want more attention from their teacher. Their teacher has a lot of students. They have a big studio. They're, they're not getting to work with the particular person in that studio that they want to work with. And so they're just considering like, it might be time to go and find another place that can be more accommodating to them. I want you to know that if you just don't really know why, but you're just kind of done and you just want to go, that's okay. Sometimes it's just time to go and our time is just complete together. And what our brain will do, will just like look for a reason. It will look for a negative reason. So it'll try to find something you're mad about or try to find something that you're lacking or try to find some reason to be unsatisfied. And so sometimes our brain is kind of creating and generating reasons because we don't really have a quote, good reason to leave. But if you're dancing with somebody long-term or if you are dancing rather long-term in my experience and in my conversations with people, it's likely that you're not going to have the same partner or coach the whole time. That does happen, but it's also very common that you have multiple people in your life that come in and out of your dance journey. And, and in fact, you probably will end up at some point with kind of a team around you. That's not uncommon. So keep that in mind, but also recognize that if you do feel like it's time for a change, if you are ready for something else and you don't have a big negative reason, that that is okay. All right. You don't have to make up a, a reason. <laughs> okay. Now I want you to remember that your dance journey is yours. It doesn't belong to anyone else. At the end of the day, this is a service-based industry it's a transactional relationship. You pay for instruction. They provide a service. And that is the nature of your relationship. So keep that in mind. That being said, it doesn't mean this is an easy change. And in my experience with dancing, it doesn't feel that, that simple. So, and I'm going to talk more about that in a minute. Now, teachers might not like to hear me say that, you know, it's your journey. You can do with what you want. And like, nobody else is in charge of your dance journey. And they're not going to like that, but it is true. And relationships can have a shelf life. And so if you are one of those teachers and you don't like it, that I'm saying that if you have people that are leaving, take the opportunity to evaluate what is happening because people aren't usually interested in leaving a partnership that's healthy and going well. 
and they're making progress and we're building something together that we're both enjoying. So if people are leaving, I mean, there's always the reasons like money, location, et cetera, but all those things aside, if you want to keep them as long as possible, then that's up to you to help listen to what their needs are, try to fix it if you can. And if all of that's happening, then they're probably not going to be anxious to leave. So consider what environment am I creating? Am I listening to them? Am I listening to where they're coming from? And are we a good match still? Okay, so consider that. Now let's talk about why is it hard to leave? Like I said, it is a transactional relationship. It's a service-based industry. We're paying for a service and we're getting it, but it is hard to leave. And I think the nature of partner dancing and this student-teacher relationship, it just, it can be close. I mean, there's not a lot of relationships like this in your life, right? We care about each other a lot. Usually we've worked together. We've been building something together. And it's definitely a social atmosphere. It's definitely a social relationship. It can be very friendly. So while it's not a romantic relationship, it kind of can mirror one. And so often parting ways can feel like a breakup. There's going to be ego involved. Dancers, I feel like, because it's kind of an art form, I feel like we can be kind of dramatic and emotional. (laughs) So like, that's going to be part of it. And, And the ego can get bruised on either side. A student can feel hurt. A teacher can feel hurt. So this conversation, it it just is going to be hard because it does involve people's feelings. It's not as cut and dry as just a transaction. It's just not. Okay. Now it also is probably hard because you're considering repercussions. Number one of which is that somebody's going to be upset with you. Having this conversation is hard And knowing that somebody might be disappointed, somebody might be sad, somebody might be mad, somebody might not like you, they're going to be unhappy. That is hard for us. That's probably the number one thing that when I talk to people that they worry about is somebody's going to be upset with me. And we're very, very uncomfortable when somebody's upset with us. And so a lot of times we'll stay in partnerships or even relationships much longer than we should, because we are afraid of somebody being upset with us. And especially if that person is manipulative or abusive, or every time you try to have this conversation with them, they turn it around, they make you feel guilty. Then this can be not only hard, but scary, or you can feel really powerless around it. So keep in mind that it just, it's hard to have this conversation and somebody might be upset with you and we don't like that. So that's going to make it hard. Number two that people talk about is I'm going to see them. I'm going to see them at a competition. It's a little bit different. Like if you have a bad breakup with somebody, you can like move towns and you might never have to see them again. Right. But if you're a competitive ballroom dancer, there are chances you're going to see them in the future at a competition. And that's going to be awkward and your feelings are going to come up and you might be triggered. And this is why the way in which that conversation goes down is really important and it can really make a difference. I'm going to talk about that later, but we know that we're probably going to see them. And so sometimes it's like, I don't, I don't feel like I can leave because I want to avoid that future situation, that awkwardness. So I'm just going to live with this awkwardness instead of that awkwardness. Along with that is if your studio is owned by like a judge or your partner is a judge or they're very influential or they're a pro, then this can affect your results right? So 
if these people are involved with the judges or they have influence, then you're going to be concerned about if they're going to score you well. And I've straight up had clients say, I don't feel like I can leave because they're a judge and I'm going to be at a future competition and they're just not going to judge me well. And, and to that, I, I say, don't remember, don't forget. There's a lot of judges on a panel for a reason. Okay. But this is why it makes sense that we get uncomfortable about this kind of parting ways with a teacher or a studio owner. Another thing to consider that's a repercussion that makes it hard to have this conversation and we avoid it is that we might be socially ostracized. So especially for switching studios and a lot of your friends and peers are staying with that studio, um, you might feel ostracized and that's no fun. So it makes sense that we want to avoid these conversations and it makes sense why it's so hard to part ways. So just the bottom line is it's going to probably be uncomfortable. Just like if you break up with a partner, like a romantic partner, you might think about them a lot at first, just like a breakup. And when it comes to seeing them in community, in the community or competitions or camps or whatever, it's going to be hard. Just like if you ran into an ex somewhere, it's going to be hard. And your nervous system is probably going to be triggered. Okay. And, and not all these um, feelings that you're going to have are extreme. Some of them might be sadness. Some of them might be grief. Some of them might just be simple awkwardness, but we are going to experience negative emotion. And so the biggest part of this is going to be nervous system regulation. It's going to be about recognizing those feelings are going to happen and being able to just settle yourself down, have lots of compassion for yourself and being kind of strict about what you give your attention and focus to. I would understand that you are going to think about it. Okay. And in the beginning, it's going to be a lot. So don't be surprised if it comes up and it's, and don't be surprised when it distracts you. If you're at a competition and you're trying to focus and you know, they're in the room, a little part of your brain is going to be always aware of kind of where they are in the room. Okay. This is normal, but we want to recognize that that's there, but we don't want to give it any more attention or any more power than we have to. It's kind of like, I know they're there. I know this is happening, but like, let's put that in the back seat and do our best to focus on what we need to do. Focus on the tasks that we need to accomplish. Focus on the things that are relative to our dancing and recognize that over time, that's going to matter less and less. Okay. But do your part not to inflate it in the moment. Okay. Here's what it would sound like in my brain. If this was me. Is like, let's say I'm at a competition or something and I, and I see this person, my former partner or whatever I would, and I was triggered. I would feel something strong kind of emotionally. Then I would go, Oh, there's that. Like, I, I know what that's about. And I would take some deep breaths and I'd be like, okay, part of me is just really uncomfortable and feels even vulnerable that they're in the room, but it's okay. We're okay. I I'm safe. And even even though I know I'm safe, I feel a little bit weird about it, but that's okay. I know this is going to be hard. I know it's going to be awkward, but I'm just, but then we just kind of acutely relax. I would take lots of deep breaths. I would go into my body and I would like figure out where that tension is. I would like pinpoint it and I would actively acutely try to relax it. Okay. And then, then redirect to something else as much as I can. And again, in the beginning, that's, it's just going to happen more often, but that's okay. Don't fight it. Don't judge yourself for it. It's just going to be uncomfortable. Okay. In order to make that the most amicable change that we can and minimize that discomfort 
that we might have in the future. I want to talk about how to have that conversation to help it go the best that we can. Okay. So most of this is going to be in preparation for that conversation, because the more preparation you can do before that conversation, I feel like the better it can go for you. Okay. Keep in mind, we can't control what's going to happen on the other side very much, but we can focus on what's happening on our side of the conversation to do the best that we can with it. So the first thing that I would say is long before we have to have this conversation, you should be having smaller conversations along the way. And so number one is you should be communicating as you go. Okay. Because long before that breakup needs to happen, there should be conversations happening about what you want and what you need and changes that you would like to make. If there has not been an ongoing conversation like that, start there. Every teacher I talked to, every coach I talked to said they want the opportunity to change. They want the opportunity to give you what you want or need. They want to know what those things are. They want to be able to fix what's not working. So if there's something lacking for you, they want to know. And if you're struggling to have those conversations, you're struggling to communicate, you don't feel like you can say what you want or what you need, then for sure, just schedule a dance strategy call with me and I can help you with this. But as hard as this conversation seems, like this ongoing, like, I got to address something with them, as, as hard as that seems, the breakup conversation is going to be way harder. Okay. So, The only caveat I would give is if you literally feel unsafe with this person, if you literally feel unsafe to have this talk and I, and unsafe, I mean, can even be emotionally unsafe, then yes, we just, we just need to move on and have the breakup conversation, but don't skip this step. Here's why. Because if along the way you have been communicating what you need from them and you've been communicating what you want, communicating what you need, and you've been addressing it. And for whatever reason, it hasn't changed. Maybe they don't know how to fix it. Maybe they're just not hearing you. Maybe they're not capable of fixing it. Maybe they're indifferent to what you want or need. That's going to help you have the hard conversation because you will have a clear conscience. You've done your due diligence to encourage that change. And so if it's not happening, we've done all that we can. And so that will make having the breakup conversation a little bit easier because we just know we're not going to get what we need here. Okay. So secondly, again, this is before we have this conversation, I want you to ask yourself what your goal or your intention is and and be clear in this objective. In this case, we're mostly talking about that you're leaving, that you're changing teachers and, or you're going to another studio, but you might also wanting, be wanting to have the conversation to bring someone else onto your team. Okay. So you might be wanting to work with someone else. You might be wanting to get input from somebody else. And so this is an option. It can be an option that we want to have a conversation about expanding our team a little bit. It's not uncommon to have a team around you. Um, But in that case, I would have like a point person who's a person who's kind of in charge of those decisions. And it's somebody that you trust. It's somebody that you have a long-term relationship with and that they really do have your best interest at heart. Because if they have your best interest at heart, then they're probably also going to know that for your development as a dancer, it can't be all just up to one person probably. So that might be the outcome that you want. But here's the thing that's most important is I want to make sure that your goal of this conversation is not to control how they feel. 
or what they think of you. Okay. Cause sometimes I'll say, what is the outcome that you want? And they're like, I just, I want them to be happy with my decision. <laughs> I want them to understand where I'm coming from. And so I want to make sure that your outcome is not that mostly because you can't control that side. You don't get to choose how they're going to feel. You don't get to choose how they're going to respond. You can only manage how you deliver your side of the conversation, but you can be the kindest, most compassionate, most direct, most honest person in your delivery, and they can still be upset with it. So that part we can't control, but you, this is what we're talking about right now is you managing your side of the conversation to get the best outcome that we can. Um, but it can't be to manipulate or control how someone else perceives it. Okay. So third thing is, again, this is before I want you to coach yourself into how you want to feel before you have that conversation, because it actually is a little bit less important what you say or what you do exactly. It's more important, the energy that you have for yourself going into that conversation. So we're not going to go into this conversation flippantly. We're going to think about it ahead of time and we're going to coach ourselves into how we want to feel. Notice, am I going into that conversation with a lot of fear, like trepidation or anxiety or confusion? While all of that is understandable, what's also available to you is some certainty or compassion, compassion for everybody in the story. Um, there might be a little bit of sadness or disappointment or even grief, which is clean pain to have around this choice. Um, you could also have some confidence around your choice and clarity in your choice. So again, that doesn't mean it's not going to be uncomfortable, but coach yourself into emotionally the place that you want to be. And if you don't know how to do that, again, let me help you with it. The dance strategy call is free. Um, and that's literally part of my job as a coach is to teach you how to get yourself into the right mental and emotional place to have this kind of conversation. And that's going to be around your perspective and the way that you're thinking about this, the way you're thinking about yourself, the thoughts you're having about them, the thoughts you're having about the relationship, the worry that you're having about their reaction. And it's my job to help you with that. If you don't have anybody else who can help you with that, especially. Okay. But this is important that you coach yourself into the energy that you want to be in intentionally. Okay. That doesn't mean that as you go and as you have that conversation, you're not going to be triggered or anything, but we just, we want to go into it with some intention around our emotionality. Before you have this conversation, point four is prepare for it, not just emotionally, but think through how you want to have that conversation. Okay. Think through the, the following things. I want you to be direct. When I talked to studio owners, instructors, they said, be direct. Okay. Be honest. Just say what you feel. I, I would recommend that you state facts as much as possible. Um, but even minimize that don't generalize kind of don't point fingers. Um, I would dissuade you from saying a lot of you did this, you did that. You didn't do this. You didn't do that because a lot of you statements are going to feel like you're pointing fingers and it's going to probably lead to defensiveness. Most of us ourselves included, would not react well if somebody came into that conversation with a lot of you, 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 okay? It just automatically is going to put you into a defensive position. So focus on what you are going to do. I am going to do this. I want more progress. I am ready for a change. Focus on yourself if you're going to make any of those kind of statements, okay? I would recommend that you express gratitude. Thank them for all the work you've done together. Thank them for their help. 
thank them for the relationship, thank them for their time, their energy, their effort. I know a lot of the teachers that I talk to, they are heavily invested in you. They're heavily invested in your progress and they care a lot about you and your progress. And so they've poured themselves a lot of times into you. And that's why this is going to be partially hard for them too. So be sure that you're expressing that, that gratitude that you recognize and acknowledge that. Okay. I'd recommend that you be brief. I wouldn't belabor it. I'd be honest, kind, direct. I think that's best. And I think it's also best not to delay the inevitable. Okay. So like a a conflict or a conversation delayed is often a um, conflict kind of magnified. Okay. So don't delay. The hardest part about this is going to be the emotional part. And that's going to come with it no matter what. And that's going to be challenging probably no matter what. So just remember, it's going to be possibly hard. It's going to be uncomfortable. And that doesn't mean you've made the wrong choice. And if somebody reacts really emotionally, they take it really hard. It doesn't mean that you've done anything wrong. Okay. Just remember that's part of this. This is part of their investment. It's part of how hard we've all worked together. And so it's understandable, but when things are hard, be soft, be soft on you, be soft on them whenever you can. Okay. Last point is, and I heard this from multiple teachers is don't ghost. Don't just disappear. And a lot of times, well, probably every time, the reason we do that is because that conversation is uncomfortable and we're unwilling to feel that discomfort. And so we'd rather just ghost, but don't do that. Okay. If you can't have this conversation in person, which I would recommend, as long as you feel safe in doing so, then at least send something in writing, right? Whether it's an email or a text, but in person is always first choice. But phone call would probably be second. Um, part of that, I think, is is it, it's important for you if you've coached yourself into a really good positive energy as much as you can. We want to be able to express that in that way. And things can be so misread over text, so misread in an email. So those are less desirable. But again, if you're certain the person that you're dealing with, that conversation is going to be hard or they're going to manipulate you, try to talk you out of it, um, then in writing is perfectly fine. But I, but everybody said, please don't ghost. <laughs> that will make seeing you at a competition even worse, right? So don't ghost. Now, kind of just in summary, I just want to say and remind you, this is not an easy thing to do. And there's a lot of care that happens here. There's a lot of relationship that's been built. There's a lot of history potentially for some of you. So um, it's okay. It's okay that this is hard. It's okay if it's hard for you. It's okay if it's hard for them. It's okay if we don't do it well. It's okay if it kind of goes poorly because um, this is just a hard thing. And and I, and I do kind of equate it with a breakup. And that's why I said that multiple times because it does kind of feel that way. So when it's hard, be soft on yourself and remember any past breakups that you've had with partners, romantic partners, and how hard that was and how it took some time and how with time it did get better. And with, with time, um, you could heal kind of emotionally from that kind of a thing. And hopefully some of you, your breakups with your partners are never this hard, never this extreme. And those cases do happen too. So if you have breakups and with partners and it's not that hard and it's not as emotional for you, there's also nothing wrong with you. There's nothing, also nothing wrong with those situations. So I hope this was helpful for you. Thanks for being here today. Talk again soon. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast today. Do you have a mindset coach yet? 
If you don't, you should really think about it because all of the best dancers, all of the best athletes, they have coaches. And it's not because they're weak, it's because they're smart. And they know that if they have gaps that they need to fill, they gotta hire the right people to fill those gaps so that they can fulfill their potential, become the dancer that they always dreamed that they would be. All right, so it's super easy to find out if private coaching is for you. You just get on a dance strategy call with me. It's free, it's simple, it's not very long. And I'll give you some strategies right away that you can apply right away. And then if we wanna work together beyond that, we can discuss it. But other than that, it's a super simple process. I'll leave information in the show notes about how to make that happen. So thanks for being here today.